You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. What's up, mentor and mentoring leaders? Wanted to share with you guys some exciting information we got. You Can Mentor has released a book. It's entitled You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission, and Break Generational Curses. The purpose behind this book is to train up more mentors and more mentoring leaders to effectively disciple the next generation through mentoring. If you will, please go purchase a book on our website. You can find it on Amazon. If you go to Amazon, leave a five-star review that helps us out a ton. If you're a mentoring organization and you want multiple copies, holler at us and we will give you guys a deal. You can find out more information on the You Can Mentor website. Go pick up that book, You Can Mentor. Mentors, today we are closing out our conversation on setting expectations that lead to life in your mentoring relationship. Today's episode is talking about making expectations that require a little bit of reaching and are centered in relationship. If this short series encouraged you, we'd love to hear about it. Leave a review, rate this podcast, and send it to someone who needs to hear it. Thanks for listening. You can mentor. Welcome back, listeners. We're here on You Can Mentor. I'm Beth Winter, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephen Murray. What's up, guys? So weird. You're wearing the exact same outfit you wore last week. <laughs> they can't see. They don't know. Do you, like, plan them? This is what I wear Mondays. This is what I wear Tuesdays. I I used to when Zach gave me a bunch of polos, but mm. I've kind of I've drifted from polos a little bit. Yeah, I'm, you've I'm been kinda wearing doing some button-ups. I've seen some bow ties come into the office. Well, speaking of expectations, there there have been many expectations of the things that I wear at mm. this organization that I did not expect. Mm. So like New new Balance, you've heard of it. Yeah, the shoe. Yes. But like there's a trendy J. Crew version of New Balance, and then there's like a hip, like dad version oh, yeah. of New Balance. Yeah. One is like very true tone one color mm-hmm. and the other is like a bunch of different grays blacks and blues and you're like i don't know what you're doing here mm-hmm. and i'm wearing the one color ones that, mm-hmm. that look clean but i'm being told that those are those are not uh, approved and well let I me mean, ask if, let if me ask w- you this Stephen. would you mow your lawn in those shoes no all right, I guess you passed the test. Is that is that the test? Well, you wouldn't mow your lawn in dress shoes. I no, yeah. That I guess that is a good test. But also that's pretty that's a pretty low bar <laughs> to say that I just wouldn't mow the lawn with them. Okay. What's a better question? I'm just saying if it's on a cover of a J Crew magazine, is it Was the person in the J Crew magazine in an office? <laughs> No, he was on a, a generic street walking. <laughs> so he, it, so it's streetwear. Yes, but he was being seen. It's not like he was, he w- he was out in public. 
which I would say that that's that's probably the the onus is like, would you be seen in public with this on? I'm probably the worst person to ask this because I will go out in public straight out of bed, like wearing my pajamas, basically, because no shame in my game. <laughs> would I come into the office like that, though? No, I would not. Okay. Is it because of peer pressure? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> See, this this is great for us to to recognize the expectations of the rooms that we we come into and the organizations we serve and also the mentees we meet with. So this is why we're having this conversation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But we're not talking about shoes, are we? We're not talking about shoes. <laughs> I guess we could. We talked about hats last week. This week, I guess it's shoes. Hats, sex, and behavior. Mm-hmm. In the White House. In the White House. Yeah. Is that the name of the episode? Yeah. Sure. That sounds great. H-S-S-W-H. Boom. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Today, we are going to talk about the next part of our expectations. So we're going to talk about reaching expectations. What are some reaching expectations? Which means, what are the things that... It's we like goals. Yeah. What do we want our mentees to have to stand on their tiptoes to reach. And it's a little bit above where they're at, but it's not so far up that they are just continually discouraged of like, I'm never going to get there. And then relational. So what are the things that we need to consider in that this is a relationship and everything we do with our mentees should come from a relational perspective, including expectations. This is really good. I'm going to come out of the bat with a philosophical question. <sighs> All right, let me take a sip of coffee. I'm actually out of coffee, so I'll just mentally prepare. So most people expectations their their expectation is a standard. So yeah. let's say Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal. Mm -hmm. That is the expectation. Don't yeah. steal. Yeah. There's really nothing beyond that. It's just you either stole or you didn't. Yeah. Is that the right way to say it? You've either stolen something or you haven't. Mm-hmm. So you're saying a reaching goal is like, I may have thought about stealing something and I picked it up, but like I took it, but I feel bad about it. And, or like what's a reaching goal within that? Because that's the end. Mm. Like that's the expectation. Is there a reaching goal for stealing or is it? Does this not apply? Well, I mean, I feel like you could create one within that. Like I feel like. That is a pretty black and white, right and wrong thing. But for instance, I had a huge problem with stealing when I was a kid, actually. And so like a reaching goal, I think for me was just developing a conscience about that. And kind of a reaching goal was learning how to consider others. And last week, we, last week we talked about kids being egocentric and not realizing how their actions impact other people. And so I think the reaching goal is set the expectation of what this is right, this is wrong. But within that, you have to understand that a kid is not going to get it right every time. But while you're having a, a conversation of, hey, like we did not reach the expectation here, it's not giving up on that kid and thinking they are just never going to get this or they're too young to be able to do this. It is always setting the the standard of like, this is who I expect you to be. This is who you are trying to grow into. This is the kind of man or woman that you have been called to be in. And it's just helping support them in getting there and kind of resetting, helping them reset when they mess up to do better next time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. 
And so I guess what's in my head is that a reaching goal would be learning how to share mm-hmm. and be generous. Learn how to ask for things, learn how to be patient. And that's and why I stole was I was so impatient. I wanted something right then. I didn't want to have to save up for it or wait for it when my mom or dad decided it was okay for me to have it. I wanted it right then and I wasn't going to wait for it. So, But it, it's easy to just say, don't steal but it's another thing to develop all of the skills and characteristics of right. people who don't steal things. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And a lot of that is just assumed like, well, don't do it because it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's more of how do we show them the why behind yeah. all of those things and maybe work ethic and understanding. Yeah. I, I just think that that's, this is important to in, in the process of setting reaching goals, you are, setting a foundation for those end goals mm-hmm. that you're looking for, but you're giving them steps yeah. to, to grow in. Yeah. I, I think of it, I used to run with this Mormon guy and he... Like physical, like go on runs or yes, like yes, you, yes. you hung out with him? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was kicking it with my homies. <laughs> no, I, I literally ran with him okay. and I, I, he was so much better than me at running. And I would get so tired Mm. and he just, he encouraged me. He said, stop thinking about how far we have to go and just think about getting to the next light pole. Mm. And so he just focused my mind on running to the next pole, running to the next pole, running to the next pole. And, and so you're constantly setting a finish line. So you feel encouraged and you're like, okay, I made it. I can make it to the next one. I can make it to the next one. And now some people might view that as like I'm blurring the lines of success mm. and it's great to have the end goal in mind. But if you don't have milestones that you can point to and see that you're accomplishing, I think it's a lot harder to stick to it and persevere. Yeah. To the end. Yeah. That was something I actually talked about with a mentor of mine yesterday. We were just talking about pre-assessments and post-assessments and that so much of our society there's there are some measurements you could take at the beginning of a a journey you're taking whether it's like weight loss or learning social emotional skills or whatever it is you take this pre-assessment and then you take a post-assessment but there's not a lot of indicators on the actual journey of little moments that are motivational to help you get to that end goal to that post-assessment phase and so that's just really not how our brains are wired. And so we kind of have to figure out what are some things I can add in in that journey, in that middle ground to motivate myself or if you're a mentor motivating a mentee, even you just staying encouraged with your mentee of seeing, okay, the, the end goal I want for him might be to graduate college or it might be for him to become a man of God who's a great husband and father and leader but what are some little things that are indicators along the way that show me show him you're doing it like you are on the journey and those we have to create ourselves we have to look for those ourselves there's not necessarily a a system that we can just check things off print it out off the internet easy as that <laughs> we got to look for it mm-hmm. ourselves yeah so does does jesus set reaching expectations Totally. I mean, I, I see there's so much, I think, in the Bible that feels contradictory at times because there will be like this, you know, I think the first one I think of is, I think it's in Matthew 5 talking about be perfect as your father is perfect. And it's like, I remember when I really started trying to turn away from 
the sin that I was living in and really chasing after Jesus, I read that verse and I was just filled with so much shame and guilt. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like I want to live for Jesus and I still can't do it, even though I genuinely want that. But as I had mentors in my life step in and just teach me what it really looked like to for that to be a journey to reach that and that it wasn't an expectation God had of me right then to be perfect that's when I started seeing exponential growth because there was just so much more freedom to like you were saying get to that next light pole of my running the race with Jesus versus thinking I had to cross the finish line Mm -hmm. right when I started the race which just doesn't make sense that's awesome and It'd be, it'd be hard to say that Jesus didn't have expectations of his disciples, mm. but it would also be hard to say that he didn't long to empower, encourage, and set them up for success. Yeah. And, I mean, even in the Great Commission, he's saying, like, hey, go make disciples of all nations. No biggie. But then he also says, I will be with you. And he also says that all authority in heaven and on earth, like, is his. And so in a way, his encouragement is calling them into a challenge, but also reassuring Mm. them that they can do it and giving them the confidence to, to run, run the race. Mm. And I, I honestly don't think it would be setting us up for success if we didn't have high expectations. And I'm sure all of the unrealistic expectations come from that motivation of, well, I'm setting high expectations because I don't want you to lose out on the opportunity to mm. grow. Would would that be fair to say? Are you saying some of our some of our unfair expectations are coming from a good heart of like mm-hmm. I I want this for you. The intention is pure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think, you know, in our after school program at Forerunner Mentoring, we have our boys say this manhood declaration every day. It's pretty long and it's amazing that they haven't memorized, but there are some things in there that if you look at it, it is a far reach, like a far reach for them at that point in their life. And so, for instance, I just said it earlier. I will honor women with my words and actions. Yeah. Well, that might seem far away for some kids when they start out in our program, but I think that there are reaching goals you can set to get to that place where that is a true thing for you. So... A reaching goal would be, it would look like a mentor, if they hear a kid being disrespectful to a woman, sitting down and and explaining to them why that that woman deserved an apology. Or even a smaller one, teaching a boy a habit of holding the door open for a woman. Or something just very simple like that. Little tiny milestones that you can show a kid the path to get to that end goal. That's awesome. So... Talk to us about what happens when we don't set reaching goals, when we don't have great expectations, when we allow the unrealisticity, that is not a word, <laughs> when we don't, we choose to not set unfair expectations, but we don't set mm. expectations that put them on their tippy toes to reach for. Yeah. I like that that image. Yeah. Put in our heads. I think that this happens a lot from a good heart in mentoring relationships, because I think when you hear the background maybe of your kid and he's just gone through some hard things or she's experienced just things that you're you're looking at them and you're like, honestly, they are just doing the best they can. And that is a good heart to have. But I think that it is it needs to be paired with 
believing for them, for their future. And so I think it can be, we can unintentionally inhibit the success of our mentee if we are so stuck looking at their past and just assuming that what we're seeing right in front of us is honestly the best that they can offer. And then we want to be empathetic to that. That's great. But I think we also have to be looking forward into their future and seeing and believing and empowering them to grow beyond what they have gone through. Because I think it's just like you can't underestimate the power that your voice and your opinion has in this kid's life. And if they hear from you, you're doing the best you can. Don't expect more from yourself. Like just keep Mm -hmm. coasting. Then that's what they're going to take home and believe. But if they hear from you, I am proud of you for who you are today. And I believe that even though this is a struggle for you today, I believe that even though you have gone through this hard stuff, that is just going to be something that makes you even more resilient, even more kind, even more capable of doing hard things. I believe even greater things for you are coming then that's what they're going to take home at the end of the night. And so I think both can come out of, I think the first one, it comes out of a good heart, but I think it limits our mentee to achieve the potential that we want for them. Yeah. Which that, I mean, fulfilling their potential. I can't think of someone other than a kid from a hard place who has more potential, untapped potential. Yes. And, yeah. And does not recognize it unless you're the one making them aware. Yeah. And and yeah, I I'd say that even having unrealistic expectations of a child may just be related to your own experience, not your view mm. of their potential. Yeah. of what they're capable of. But I do think that if you're thinking in that lens, it helps you correct with compassion rather than just criticism and being a a rule follower yeah it's like you you realize how it's affecting their potential and it it gives you compassion it's like they are sheep without a shepherd yeah that influences the way that that you're going to respond yeah it really that empathy is so key to understand the trauma and the the things blocking their path but it also I just want more for them. Mm-hmm. And if we don't want more for them, who will? Like, I know their moms want more for them, but I think so much of culture, I think so many of the voices they may be hearing is, we don't expect more from you. And that is not what we want them to go home hearing from us. Like, we expect more because we believe you can do it. Yeah, it's really good. What's next? Well, do you have any stories? On Uh, on reaching? Yeah. Would you say that a reaching goal could be a response to a failure of saying maybe an expectation wasn't met? So my mentee shows up late, reaching goal. I could say, hey, next time we meet, I'd love for you to to be on time. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair reaching goal? Or or to use the concept of a reaching goal as, as an area to communicate where we want them to improve? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. And I also think you're a little hung up on um, your minty not being on time. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's like my mom always told me a story when I was a kid and I was first learning how to read that she handed me this big, I guess, book on phonics or whatever they used back then to teach kids how to read. 
And she said that I like looked at it and I just started crying because I was like, it's so big. I'm never going to be able to do all of this. And she said that she had to learn to give it to me in segments. And so she would give me worksheets versus the whole workbook. Mm. And so I think that's how we look at it is eventually they're going to get through the whole workbook. That's what we want for them. But this is just a worksheet for where they're at today because it can be overwhelming for a kid. You know, we talked about development last week. They don't have long, long-term planning yet. They don't have that capability yet. We do, and we see where they're going, mm-hmm. but we can just give them the worksheet for the day, the, the small goal for the day, that reaching little step for the day. Yeah. I feel like we need more substance on this one before we move on. Okay. I'll, I'll say this, that there, there can be this feeling that kids don't like rules, that they hate being told what to do, that they reject authority, and yet really it's what they need the most. It it frees them up. And and I think in, in many ways, kids want to be challenged. Yeah. They just aren't used to it. Like yesterday when we had a boy in our program who wanted to sing a worship song. He was asking for us to sing it at our church service for weeks. Mm-hmm. And this week we were going to sing it. And I asked him, I said, hey, this is the song that you wanted us to sing and I want you to come and lead it for the group. We hadn't done something like that before. He didn't seem like he had done something like that before. Mm -mm. Was that a reaching goal? Really? I just kind of pushed him. Mm. I don't think it was something he was reaching for. Cause like he didn't, he wasn't asking, Hey, can I lead this song? Mm. I just said, Hey, this is the song you wanted us to sing. Why don't you come lead us in it? And, so w- would you say that that fits into this category of calling kids into something that they've never done before mm-hmm. and giving them those experiences where they're really stretched and it's not just they're going through the motions, but they're really like, yeah, they're reaching, they're being challenged. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that is a part of it. I think my immediately, my immediate thought with that is it's going to require the ability to apologize on the mentor's fault if you ever push too far. And so there has to be Are like you saying I push too far. Well, I'm just, I am just saying maybe, maybe check in, <laughs> maybe check in with him, see how he's doing today. <laughs> but yeah, I think setting a challenge before your mentee is great because so often I think they do just need that little push to do something so outside of their, their comfort zone mm-hmm. and getting outside of your comfort zone the best way to do that is with somebody who is a safe person to do that with and who better than your, your mentor. But I think with that, there just has to be like a, just a mindfulness of what that experience was like for your mentee and a willingness to recognize, okay, that one was a little, that was a little too far. Let's take it back a couple of steps next time. But you're not going to know that until, until you try it. And so I think even just with expectations within a mentor relationship, we haven't done one on what a mentee can expect from their mentor. But I think within that, there should be an expectation that at some point you're going to cross a line with your mentee and you're going to have to apologize. And that's okay. Like you're not going to do it right every time, but it's better to try than not. It's better for your mentee to to push and apologize than to let them waste their potential. Mm -hmm. And coaches are known for pushing that boundary. Totally. Of believing, having great expectations, pushing you to be your best, but also 
being weary of discouraging and shutting kids down on yeah. their team by expecting too much of them. Yeah. And I think that is a good, a good illustration that as mentors, if you haven't pushed some buttons yet, mm. maybe you haven't set reaching goals yet mm. because you haven't recognized where the boundary line is of where your mentee feels crushed under the weight of mm. your expectation, yeah. which sounds horrible, but it's also, it's good for you to recognize where, where their, that line is and how you can communicate within the challenges that you're giving them, that you're with them, that you believe in them and that you can be a man who apologizes for yeah. expecting too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I will just say like an encouragement to mentors, my position getting to run an after school program, I get to hear kids talk about their mentors all the time. And I have seen mentor interactions where I, I witness a mentor like giving a real hard challenge to a kid, like calling them up into better decisions or whatever. I have never heard a mentee afterwards talk about their mentor in a way where they, they were like, well, I'm done with that guy. It, mm -hmm. it, there is always a response of this just like lighting up and excitement when their mentor comes, excitement about talking about their mentor and, and just an enthusiasm to be believed in for more. Wow. So. That's really good and leads us to the relational aspect because I, I do love how we're connecting these together in this episode of their reaching, but they're also relational. Yeah. Yeah, so expectations, they need to be a relational process of working together to help your mentee grow into their potential. And I think that us talking about how Jesus sets these reaching expectations, but is also relational is the perfect example. And that gives me, that is where why I have confidence that these are good things for us to pursue too, because I think it's the example that Jesus set where it wasn't this like gauntlet tossed and it's like, follow me. <laughs> and then he just takes off and we never see him again. <laughs> he, he says, follow me. And he walks the road of Emmaus with us. Mm. You know, he shows us, how to cast the nets and you know when you think about the life that jesus lived he called the disciples and then did life with them yeah well he says follow me and i will make you fishers of men yeah not follow me and i will expect you yeah to fish for men yeah it's like make there there's this yeah emphasis upon presence mm. and being with yeah. the disciples yeah which is the way that we teach our discipline process in our program is we talk about that word disciple and how discipline mm. is the core of that word is disciple and that we are not interested in punishing kids for behavior. We are, we are completely focused on it being a learning process. I am going to sit with you and process what you did, why that happened, what could be done better the next time, because I'm more interested in you learning how to become a man or woman of God than I am in just saying you did something wrong so you need to serve your consequence and you just go over there and think about it. No, we're going to do this together. We're going to figure this out together. So it's a discipleship. Yeah. And that, that incorporates, it's, it's, so it incorporates great, great expectations was a book I read in high school, I think. <laughs> Is that, am I right on that? I mean, that wasn't on my reading log, but that sounds right. Yeah. Sounds like you don't think that that book went very well. Is it about a mentor? I, I think it was about somebody who had great expectations. Mm. And the moral of the story was like, don't have 
great expectations. So maybe I shouldn't talk about that book. But this... That probably is a belief a lot of people have, though. Because I think a lot of people do walk in and they think, well, don't expect much because you'll just be disappointed. But the reason is that we... This is going to be a hot take right here. Oh, boy. We are unwilling to provide the encouragement and support Mm. needed to help someone fulfill our expectations. Mm. When I've had roommates who have quite frankly quite frankly pissed me off because of their actions i've also communicated them to them through my actions Mm. that i'm unwilling to encourage and support them to change wow yeah yeah that's good it's like figure out how to be better and then come back into this relationship and that is not that's that's (laughs) the gospel right there (laughs) (laughs) wow that's good i mean that is not good but that is a good point to bring up yeah yeah Yeah. So I think for mentors, like this relational piece is just when your kid is failing to meet the expectations, when you find yourself frustrated or discouraged in the relationship, I think it's really important for us to do a little bit of reflection of how, how much have I entered in to doing, doing this with him, with her? How much have I entered into walking to the next lamppost, the next milestone with him and showing him how to do that? Yeah. Yeah. My friend Daniel Roby, he helps people who are experiencing homelessness. Mm. And I'm going to try and make this relate, but it's a very difficult issue of how do you rehabilitate brokenness mm. like that? Yeah. I mean, many, many people who are homeless are just like you and me who have run into a difficult circumstance. Yeah. <clears throat> many of those people have relationally disconnected, either have burned some bridges and don't have the support they need to get back on their feet. Mm. And so need need to go to a shelter for a season, need help finding a job. Mm. But there are some people that are a step further, have a medical condition or an issue that prevents them from even receiving help. And so they try to identify who's who in this situation? Is this a Mm. chronic illness that's leading to them experiencing homelessness? Or is this a relational issue? Or is this just a a hard luck moment that they're, they're working on? And what they've identified is that they can help people who have the relational issues Mm. get back on their feet a lot more quickly, just in helping encourage and support them in developing skills Mm. to restore relationships with people within their family or their network to, support them and help them get back on their feet. Yeah. But that process is not as easy as just teaching a class. Mm. You have to walk with someone for months and, and really work on it. The the support and encouragement needed to get people off the streets is a lot more than just giving a handout on Mm. the side of the road. When someone asks for help and says, God bless you, that's what they're asking for. But what they really need is relational support and encouragement that no one is willing to provide them. Mm. And that, that's a really hard challenge for me that I've faced in my Mm. own life. I've had a few homeless kids move in with me and my expectation was they're going to get a shower. They're going to get fed and they're going to realize that they're important and they're going to get back on their feet. Mm. And it's going to take maybe a couple months. And what I realized was that, rewiring all of the relational issues that led them to where they were if it was successful took 
over a year, if not more time of investment mm. of really working on helping them set realistic goals, but then also relationally providing mm. encouragement and support and not just focusing on the the end goal, which mm. is like a wife, a house, kids, and a dog or whatever, Yeah. which that's my world because I have a wife, <laughs> I have a house, I have a kid. I guess I, have, I don't like have kids, but I do have a dog. And so Sadie. that... that <laughs> that is usually what a mentor is thinking about is mm. that I want, I want the person I'm investing in to be where I'm at when they're my age. Mm. And so any decision or difficulty or frustration that they're facing in their life, if I could just change the way they're making decisions, they'll be where I'm at. Mm. But it's not that simple. Mentoring is not a handout. It is difficult. It is costly. Mm. It will, yeah. it will take time and every kid is different. And it's going to be a different level of investment, which that kind of sucks. Yeah. When you think about it, if if you're signing up to be a mentor, you don't really know. <laughs> like mystery how, grab bag. <laughs> how much relationships will cost you? Yeah. But I think that's also something that the Lord knows, and yeah, He will provide the grace to to recognize that, and it's hard to count the cost. Mm. So, and and maybe that's why it's it's hard to mentor, but you can mentor. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a, a long story, but it was good. It was thank you. I'm for the encouragement. <laughs> I just I was thinking about just what you're saying of you don't you don't know exactly what you're getting into when you decide that you're gonna start showing up for somebody. And I just see yes, like we believe that like, the Lord is faithful to mm-hmm. equip you. And I think that there are so many people out there who have like a desire to impact the world, have a desire to serve but maybe they don't think that they're equipped to be the person to do that. But I have just seen story after story of even in us growing as mentors, it is the next reaching goal and that there isn't an expectation that you're going to do it right every single time. There is that far off goal, but even for us, it's just the next, like God give me the wisdom for this next interaction I'm going to have with my kid. And I, I mean, the first girl that I mentored, I didn't even know I was mentoring. I was a baby. (laughs) I was like, I was 16. And this girl was a few years younger than me. And all I knew was that she was struggling with depression and suicide. And her parents were just doing the best they could with that, but really didn't know the extent of what was going on there. And I knew, and I was like, I cannot know this and not do something. And so I just started showing up for her. And I remember just going to bed at night praying and being like god i have no idea what i'm doing like i feel all this weight all this pressure to help this this girl who had gone through trauma and realistically you know was dealing with the repercussions of some things that had happened in her life and was struggling with those things and there were just so many conversations where with her i was like i know that life feels so far off for you. Like a future feels so far away from you, but let's just make it through this next day. Let's just get through this next moment. And that was just our journey for both of us was making it through the next day together. I'm growing, she's growing. And I remember there was like a breaking point in a good way where there was just this turnaround. And I was like, oh my gosh, I finally made it. Like we survived this long, like years, years of walking together through this. And then a few, like I move, I'm not in the same city anymore. A few years go by, it's been like, seven years probably and I get a text from her one day and she asks if she can drive to my city and just crash on my couch because she's she's going through it again and I remember in that moment I was praying about it and I was like 
I thought we made it past this, God. Like mm-hmm. I thought, I thought we made it to like we did all the reaching goals, we did all the milestones, and do we really have to go through all of this again? But I that was such a great moment for me to just realize that it is it can my relationship with her could not be about goals. It had to be about relationship because there were going to be setbacks. And at the end of the day, it was about me showing up for her moment by moment through her life, setbacks included. And it wasn't about checking her off as like the success story. It was about me loving her and showing up for whatever it was that day, regardless of how many times we had to go back to square one. Mm. And she's doing amazing today also. So, I mean, there is just so much room for redemption and hope in every single relationship out there. Mentor, the greatest resource you will ever give a kid you mentor is relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a toy. Toys are great. It's more, more than likely not going to be a skill. No. It's going to be relationship. Yeah. I was trying to think of a third one, <laughs> but there was a very long, dramatic pause just now. But it, it's funny how all, all of the time the world tries to solve issues through resources. Mm-hmm other than relationships. Mm. I just throw money at it. Yeah. 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 Which is a part of some things, but it can't be No. It can't be the full picture. I mean I even just in thinking you're gonna talk about reparations right now. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go there, Beth. I'm not. I'm not. Um forty acres and a mule. I just, it's like, have you ever been reading a science book or a business book and the author doesn't even know it, but they, they are talking about biblical principles. I see that in so much of life. And I see that in, in this, this relational aspect of mentoring, because I just, I think our natural inclination as humans, whenever we don't meet an expectation is to seclude ourselves, to remove Mm -hmm. the closeness to the person that we disappointed. But you look in the Bible and there is just instruction and invitation again and again and again to come into the light to, you know, I think it's in James where it talks about confessing your sins to a brother, which that verse terrified me (laughs) growing up because that's the last thing I wanted to do was tell someone... especially Daniel. Like, I think it's our natural inclination to run and hide versus entering into relationship Mm -hmm. when it's hard and when we messed up. So I think just understanding that when your mentee fails to meet your expectation, there is going to be that temptation for them to put distance between you guys. And so us as mentors, we should anticipate that and be prepared for that and and make, make every effort to be a safe place for them to fail in front of a safe person for them to not measure up and still be confident that they are going to be loved and believed in just as much when they are succeeding as whenever they are failing and completely missing the mark. Boom. <laughs> so good, Beth. That, that was a very short series, but I think there's a lot to take in there about our expectations, unrealistic, reaching, and relational. It's really good. How should we end this? What are you doing over there? Nothing. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 
I can hear it. We should probably give like a like a summary practical because that was a lot of stuff. Beth Winter, you are very smart. Probably too smart. Let's be honest. Can you give us a quick summary of everything you just shared for those of us listening? Yeah, I mean, I think... Do you want, do you want to go with that or you want me to try it harder? Okay, well... Did you set a reaching goal for me? Is that... <laughs> I think we should just restart that part. I think we, you should do a redo, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. And do you support me and give me encouragement? Yes, yes, I believe in you. So, Beth, I love this episode. I think there's a ton of takeaways. Could you just summarize real quick the importance of mentors applying expectations that are reaching and relational and maybe a practical for, for them to apply? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was going to sum it up in the, like, too long, didn't read way of saying this, it's... DLDR. Yes, there we go. Understand, make an effort to understand where your mentee is. Make it apparent that you believe that he can grow beyond that. And make every effort to enter in and do the work together. Kizzy, no cap, no lie right there. You can mentor. That was the best sentence I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. That was so good. You can mentor. Thank you for listening. That is Beth Winter at the helm of the of the podcast. It's such a pleasure to hear from you taking the lead. I did nothing on, on these episodes. So all I did was just interrupt you and Love share it. anecdotal stories. So thanks for listening, guys. We hope... We hope you enjoyed this. Share it with someone you know would benefit from the content. Any other encouragements, Beth? You can mentor.